Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. We are super excited to welcome everyone to our podcast today. I'm excited to welcome Tanya Burns from Dental Management Solutions. Hi, Tanya. Hello. Yes, Tanya is married and she has two kids and she's in that busy stage of life. Her kids are a little bit busy. They're seven and 10, but I love that stage of life. I don't know about you, Tanya, but just enjoy because my kids are all grown now. So I don't get that stage of life anymore. (laughs) Enjoy the moment. So Tanya lives in Michigan and she has dedicated her professional life to the dental community. And I'm so excited to hear her story in just a minute. She actually began her career more than 26 years ago, and at this point, she has a strong understanding of challenges faced by dentists and their teams, especially in the pediatric space. But I am super excited to have you, Tanya. I would love to start out by just listening to how you got into the dental industry, first of all, and where does all of this experience come from? Oh, so really funny story. I was actually going to school to be a teacher. And um, this is not the funny part, but Columbine (laughs) happened when I was in college and I was like, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So friends of the family, he was a dentist. I was a lifeguard and I was waiting to start my guarding job. And they said, just come in the office and sterilize instruments. And I was like, all right, well, how hard can that be? And so went in and like my second day there, they threw me in the chair. They let me assist on a patient and I found a love of something that I would have never have known existed. So I changed my major, went to school. I was going to be a hygienist. Well, then I uh, couldn't get into hygiene school for another year. So I was like, well, then I'll go to dental assisting school because, you know, I need to do something. I've been busy my whole life. And so that was where it started and got a job after dental assisting school. And that boss called me the sponge and I couldn't learn enough. So I would volunteer to work at the desk. I would volunteer to learn more and more and more. And that like thirst for knowledge just kept driving me. Um, And in my second dental practice, they moved me from assisting to the front desk. Uh, There was a consultant in that practice. And I just like, she became my idol instantly. She still still consults today, I can tell you. And um, so Uh, taught me everything, turned me into the office manager. And then I ended up going to work for her and I was a trainer for her. I then was promoted to, I managed all of the trainers in the company. And then we were bought by uh, a bigger consulting company. And that's where I really learned. Um, And I learned how the metrics of dental offices worked. And I, I love the numbers. I'm intrigued by the numbers. And so it was just like the deeper I got, the more that I learned, the more it opened a world of possibility. And in that time frame, I, I worked, I started working for a pediatric startup and I helped take that practice from this brand new startup practice to a multi-million, multi-dollar um, office. Wow. And so then it was like, wow, I really like this pedo thing. And I'm pretty good at getting all this stuff to work. So 
when I decided to go out on my own in 2017, that's where the bulk of my focus was. Um, I would still help other, you know, general dentists and, and some specialists, but most of it was all in pediatric dentistry. Um, and so that is definitely my favorite space to work. Um, so yeah, that's, and it's just blossomed. And here I look back and I'm like, how could I have been in this for 26 years? I'm not even 26 years old yet, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's the, that's the short version of my story. And, uh, but it's been an exciting one the whole time. I love it. I think that's a great story. And it kind of, you know, I, I, so now that you're in dentistry, what motivates you to keep helping dentists? It sounds like a lot of it has to do with the metrics. I love the metrics. I really love when I can help educate somebody. So there's, there's still that education at my core, but I really love when I can help educate them when either they they're thinking the worst or they're thinking the best and it's like, oh, you got some problems over here. Or when I can really help a team that feels just beat down because they feel like everything's going wrong. And it's like, let's find some positives. And I came from the land of, I did metrics on spreadsheets before these programs existed. So um, I've done them the hard way. And I'll tell you, I like the easy way a whole lot better when we can just sync up. But um, but yeah, that, that was it. The other thing was just, um, I, the bulk of the, the clients that I worked with in the, in my first company that I worked for, they were clients who were in some financial trouble most of the time. And so I really loved being involved and helping them lower their AR or helping teach their team to do something that they didn't think that they could do. It was, it was really, it's about, what I could do for others and how I could help them and, and make them feel good about themselves, not bad about themselves. Though that wasn't always the case, but I learned from my mistakes. Sometimes you have to learn the hard way, but, um, but no, it's, it's really that joy. There is nothing that makes me happier than when I can see a practice that's struggling in some different way. And I can help take them to the place that it like, that they never thought they could possibly get there. That is, I mean, I would do this all day long for free if I could. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my problem, but I guess that also shows that's where my passion is. You know, it's just ingrained in me. For sure. Well, it sounds like too, as you look at all of those metrics, you can say, Oh, okay. We need help in this area or we need help in that area. You kind of know how to help all the areas. It sounds mm -hmm. like you just can zero in and figure out. And that's what made that multi-million dollar practice happen, right? In that yep. metric. So I've heard you've been called the pediatric dental whisperer. What does <laughs> what's that all about? Oh, well, so um I have practiced or I've helped practices, pediatric practices across the nation. And um everyone is different. And if you've never had the opportunity to be in a pediatric practice, like what you think is going to occur there. It doesn't, you know, the kids aren't screaming because you're torturing them. The kids are screaming because they're toddlers and they scream. They don't want their mouths opened or, you know, it's a sibling that didn't get a prize, but it's really taking the way that those dentists want to work in building a practice around them. And, and that is um, part of my secret sauce of my success, I guess you would say, um, is in making the, the team feel 
good at the end of the day instead of feeling burnout. And then that's passed along to their patients and what that builds and what that drives for them. Um, you know, I've worked with many dentists that ran so far behind and they, they couldn't believe that I could come in and I could tweak just a couple of things just to get started. Like here's a bandaid quick fix, but let's get going here. And we could change the whole dynamic of the practice. And that's just kind of from the approach I start with for them. So, um, yeah, it's, I really, I really have found my niche and my groove in pediatric dentistry. Um, and well, that's why I get the brightest smile on my face with pediatric dentists because I love pediatric dentistry and helping them. So, um, it's neat, it's different and it's, it's not like anything else out there. It's not like a general office or another specialty office at all due to the volume. Um, we don't, uh, we don't get those high-end cases. They're kids that have small treatment, but doesn't make it any less important. So how do we build on that and, um, and do it ethically and, and make sure that it's all about just taking care of the kids and the rest of it will come. I love that. You know, really, if you can figure out how to take care of kids, that's half the battle right there, even as a mom or a parent or a, a grandma or an aunt or whoever you are, you know, if you, if you have kids in your midst and you can figure out how to keep make them happy that's half the battle right there so I love that I love that that you've kind of are you're basing what you're doing as far as your workflow around the kids and what's mm -hmm. going to make them happy it sounds like so I know you're really big about the workflow of a dental team and how does that flow impact day-to-day -day with the team and the patients I guess you could talk about the team too I guess the team needs to know obviously what the workflow is and and does that workflow change over time or yet yeah, let's talk about that for a sec sure um so one of the other parts of my secret sauce if you will is i i can't change the way a dentist works and i think that that has been in the past areas of focus that have hindered success in different areas. Um, so my approach is I teach the team to work with the dentist so that everybody is moving at that pace. That sets the tone for everything. Um, I work some pediatric dentists out of six or seven chairs at, at, you know, themselves. And then other pediatric dentists, I help them and they work out of four chairs. Why? Because it's what's comfortable for them. Both of them do very, very well. It's just how we build that schedule around them um, and then teach their team, you know, huge workflow problems. We have a major staffing issue in our industry. I mean, and it's not just dentistry, it's all over the nation, but we feel it so much. And now since COVID and, you know, people have realized, hey, my kids are important. I may have to take a day off of because they're sick. I can't just send them to school. It's really changed the game a lot for us. And, and it can make a really major impact in a practice, especially when you're seeing those volumes. I mean, and, and that's in any practice, even a general, somebody doesn't come to work. It's not like we are the healthcare industry and we've got spare floats in the waiting in the wings to come in and take over. We don't have that luxury. 
So, um, so yeah, so that workflow is so important. And then also having your fail safes built in that if you are a person down, how do you function without having to cancel people? So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big part of how I build it and I build it with them. I don't build it for them. Um, and that makes a huge difference because people like to live in a world that they help create. Sure. For sure. So what do you think is the biggest workflow killer? I know you just talked about, you know, if someone doesn't show up, that probably kind of makes it. Yeah, I I would say in our industry today, yeah, having somebody not present, because I I think that that's the, the hot topic that I talk to people most about is, you know, what am I doing staffing wise? I can't find somebody or so-and-so never shows up to work, or we've been down a person for two years because we can't hire somebody. And that, that really is hard if you are built hard and fast on, you have to have every person in that position. Um, now, I'm a huge technology person and how can we work more efficiently? How do we outsource billing and different pieces like that to people such as ESIS so that that we can continue to function and focus on those parents and those patients in the office and not have to make them second to, you know, I've got to get these claims submitted. I've got to get these checks posted. I've got to track these claims. So there's also a huge dynamic in utilizing the technology and resources available to you too. I love that. And you've kind of, since you worked the front desk, you know all about the billing and the insurance and all, you know, you know, the whole flow that needs to happen to get paid, right? So Mm -hmm. get paid and so I feel like you are you just kind of are the real deal as far as you kind of encompass all of the areas. You kind of bounced around all the areas in the practice. And so that's what probably is another part of your secret sauce that helps you figure out which area is really struggling and what you need to do to fix it. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So what if you come up on a team and they do not have a steady workflow or even a workflow of any kind, where do you start? Like you talked a little bit about that, but let's, let's go into it a little deeper. Sure. Um, And that's really common. I see this a lot. Like we're just going through the motions every day, or they may go to a seminar. They could go to the greatest event. They've learned all these great things. They walk into the practice Monday morning, we hit the trenches and it blows up in our face. We can't in, in, you know, implement anything because we're, we're so stuck in our day to day. So, um, my favorite place to start in a practice is with the schedule. Um, I firmly believe that the schedule dictates everything else. It's the pace that with which you run, it's how the order people are going to check in and then they're going to need to check out how many people do you have available to enact that? Because, you know, if you're a general practice and you're seeing, you know, eight patients in hygiene a day per hygienist and 20 patients for doctor. Well, we've got to make sure that they're coming out um, as easily as they came in the door, especially if I've only got one treatment coordinator who can present financials. What else am I doing to stop this backup? Same things in, in pediatric dentistry or other specialties where there's huge volumes. So you've really got to look at 
how is the practice made up? You know, no two practices are made alike. Um, and I don't have any one size fits all answer for everybody because um, it, there's always something different, whether it be physical building and layout, whether it be skill set of the people working in the building, whether it's the philosophy of the dentist, I can have tons of ideas but if it doesn't match what that dentist's philosophies are, they're never going to work. So I really start and build around them. And then everything else, I just keep like building the rings around the edge for it to make it fall in place. That's great. So once you get a workflow in place, does it ever change? Or is this something you have to pay attention to all the time? Definitely. You're constantly evaluating it because, you know, just like the things that make it what it is, as people learn more and they do more, sometimes we have to start at a point, but then we can go in a different direction because now I've got people at the capacity that they can handle things. Um, Maybe we're looking for somebody with a specific skill set. So we've got like a temporary flow in place until we add this person. Just had that happen in an office recently. We added the final piece of the puzzle and boom, they catapulted forward because they needed that skill set. And we were just doing everything we could to hit our goals and to build where we needed to be until that person came in. And then it was like, wow, now we're firing on all cylinders. But then that that makes something else come to light that needs to be addressed next. Um, so it's constantly working, reevaluating, monitoring those metrics and seeing what are they telling me? You know, the numbers tell me a story. They don't tell me the whole story, but they do tell me a good story. And then I have to look at the team and figure out the why. You know, why is it happening like that? So um, so yeah, it's, it's like a river. It's ever changing and flowing and moving. Um, but if you keep on it, you can keep it running smooth and not have to hit all those rapids along the way. That's one of my favorite uh, pictures to use when I'm speaking is to have like a real nice smooth river and then one with all these rapids going through. And it's like, yeah, you felt like you hit every single one of those today, didn't you? (laughs) That's a great visual, a great way to think about it because, you know, it's not you know, and it's funny because the same river could be going over rapids and then going out into a smoother, you know, area yep. of the world. So it could be the same river. It's just you're depending on the day to day of what's happening, right? Definitely. I love that analogy. So let's say you've been working with a team and you've got everything going well, everything you feel like, okay, our river is running smoothly right now. You're feeling like all the training's happening. The coaching has ended. So what happens next for that team? So, you know, there's, there's lots of possibilities. I have, um, I've never been a person who wanted to be a one man band or one woman band consultant. I work with a team, um, and my team has a different skill set, and uh, transitions is one of those. So, um, my proudest day is the day that I can let my babies leave the nest and they fly on their own. And when they're ready to do that, I'm ready for them to do that too, knowing I'm always here if you need me. Um, So they can go, uh, they can re-engage because a lot of times we're looking at moving into transitions. If I've done what they wanted, which is typically to grow, 
or to get themselves to a capacity that they can sell, then that becomes a whole new dynamic and a whole new workflow. So uh, either they're going to re-engage to do something differently or they're like, nope, here's where I wanted to be. I just want to sail for a, a while. And they'll do that. And um, and I check in on them. So really, it's it's about what the doctor or the practice wants. I'm not a person who believes in the whole maintenance and keeping you on. I mean, I'll touch base. I'm always here. But I truly want it to be about them and their goals and visions. That's awesome. I love that you shared that you work with a team. What What is their specialties? What is your team specializing in? It sounds like you have what, a, an area of practice transitions. What else does your team specialize in? So um, most of my team members, we all have specialty backgrounds. Um, so we are more of a specialty-based um, mm -hmm. consulting firm, if you will. Uh, so and all of us, which is a little different than a lot of the companies out there, we have all sat in those seats. My company isn't comprised of people with business degrees or hygiene degrees. And I love my hygienist. Um, and my hat is off, but I have chosen team members who um, have sat in the same chair as the assisting chair, the front desk, the office management chairs, because I really feel training um, from that peer to peer relationship has been a huge, huge benefit throughout my career. Wonderful. That sounds great. Sounds like you really like to pick up people who have been in the trenches and in all of those specialties, you know, it's interesting. I'm listening to your story. My daughter is an office manager for a pediatric dentist right now, and she loves it so much. She loves it. So she has a degree in graphic design, and then she got this job as like a dental assistant at this, and she's been at the same practice. He takes really good care of her, and she's happy, and she didn't even blink her eyes going through COVID or any of that, you know, where I think that was a big struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people walked away. It's just kind of was spooky, you know, it kind of spooked everyone, but she loves it so much. And I just think, well, and now she's the office manager. She started out the kind of like you did, the dental assistant yep. moved into, um, moved to the front desk and then became the office manager. And she does love it. I love that you pick up people that are in the trenches. And I know, I know I had a dentist once offer me a job in their dental practice. And I don't really have a dental background, but she just, I just remember this dentist saying, Jacqueline, you're just a good fit. And that's probably what you do too. You look for people that are going to be a good fit and are approachable and they don't go in and just call all the shots. They just work with the team and work with the dentist and try to do exactly what you've explained you like to do as a dental mm -hmm. consultant. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I was a, a waitress uh, bartender for 20 years and I started that when I was 14 years old. And when I went to dental assisting school, they told me, they're like, you're gonna be a great dental assistant because you are a waitress or a server. Mm -hmm. and, and it's because you know how to move. And so it's interesting where in the dental community, where we choose to find people from, because there are certain things that, they're just not skills you can teach. You can't teach personality. Um, you know, either you have it or you don't. Um, 
really that customer service, we've lost that um, as a nation. We've lost that in so many different sectors and and we see it more in dentistry. I've always prided us from being so different from the medical community because it's like we want that warm, inviting smile when you're walking in. Mm -hmm. um, so some of those things we try to teach people, but some of them, it's just not their nature. They're not going to learn it. So then it's like, where else can they fit? Not, oh, we just got to get rid of them and let them go because they could be a great worker, but maybe they're just in the wrong seat um, and, and putting those um, in place. Uh, so that is, I think, awesome in dentistry and looking for that. And as far as my team, it's the same thing. I want people who have been through the school of hard knocks. Um, I myself, after all these years, because I started in education, went hygiene prereqs, I went to dental assisting school. You know, I never graduated with an actual degree. Dental assisting is a certificate. And um, so here I am now, all these years later, I'm going back and finishing my bachelor's and going for my MBA because I feel like I owe it to myself to, you know, put some letters behind my name, I guess. So to give me some credibility that I actually know what I'm talking about, though, there's nowhere to go learn what I know, unless you've lived it yourself. And yeah. so that's really the team that I've built around me who've had that, you know, I've got software trainers who worked for some of the big names out there and uh, people who have, who've lived deeply into the dental assisting side of things before coming out. Um, you know, it's all of those experiences make everybody so unique, but they also allow them so much to give and to teach to others, uh, especially when it's somebody who's worked in one practice and they think they know what it's like out there elsewhere and they have no idea. It's like sometimes, no, 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 the grass is not greener on the other side. So sure. don't, don't think of things like that. So, um, yeah, experience is huge. Um, no matter, even if it seems little or insignificant, it, it can be a very big deal. I think so too. I think that's great. Well, I have loved chatting with you today. We're probably getting close to our time. It's long enough for someone to get into their office. I love to keep this podcast about, oh, I don't, not more than 30 minutes, probably just while someone's driving into their office. But before I share the, or before we share the best way for people to get in touch with you, if they're thinking, God, oh, we really need a few more systems or, you know, better workflow, this Tanya would be a great person. Tell me um, if you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap up today. You know, don't be afraid of past, past experiences. I hear that from a lot of people. Well, I had a consultant before this. Well, just like all dentists aren't created equal, all consultants aren't created equal. And it's sometimes finding somebody who really fits. I have people who come to me and I tell them I'm not the best fit for you, but here, go talk to my friend in this area. So um, don't be afraid of the past. You know, things are always evolving and changing. And, um, you know, dentists deserve to get what they want and what they've dreamed of having. It is within reach. That's great. I love that about the dental industry that there's enough to go around and everyone shares and if and and not every consultant has to be you know the special specialist at all things right yes so, it's impossible to be it is i think you're right 
But the one thing I know about you is the metrics are what's important. And so as part of your kind of your promotion, you offer kind of, do you offer a snapshot for Dennis? What do you offer as far as this podcast goes? Yeah. So um, I would love to have a conversation with anybody who might be interested. I do use metrics and uh, we do a sync. Uh, it doesn't take very long with your server and then kind of look at what does your practice really look like? What's the health of your practice? What do the numbers tell me? What can you tell me about your practice? And um, and then we have a little other uh, teasers from there for anybody from this podcast that would uh, decide to engage with us. Wonderful. That sounds great. So what is the best way to get a hold of you, Tanya? You can reach me uh, via my cell phone, um, 574-304-2727, or uh, via my email, uh, which is Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A, at dentalmgsolutions.com. And I'm sure uh, that you're going to have that listed somewhere for them as well. Yep, we'll put that in the show notes. That will be great. We'll totally list that and we can put your website on there as well. I love that. Thank you for joining us today, taking time out of your busy schedule. And Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. You're welcome. It's been a treat. So everyone, just so you know, our goal is to offer tips and tricks to help Dennis grow their business. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.